We know that there are four different Gospels in our Bible, and it's from Luke's Gospel that we get most of the Christmas story that you saw on the video there, the story of angels and shepherds and uh, baby Jesus lying in the manger. But it's when we turn to Matthew's Gospel that we get an additional piece of the story. We hear of wise men traveling from the east to seek a newborn king, and that's what Dave's going to read to you this morning. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, Bring me word so that I may also go out and pay, pay him homage. When they, heard, when they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The word of God for the people of God. Please join me in an attitude of prayer. Lord, we pray that you'd give us fresh ears to hear this story that your Holy Spirit would move among us and that you'd inspire us and change us while we gather together in this place. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The, radios, the radio stations have stopped playing Christmas music uh, by this time. December 26th, they cut it off. Makes me sort of sad, but I'm still in the mood for Christmas music. And so I wanted to tell you about one of my favorite Christmas albums, which was on kind of a regular rotation in my house growing up. And that is the Beach Boys Christmas album. Has anybody heard the Beach Boys Christmas album? Okay, a few of you. That's lovely. So it's almost exclusively a secular album. They've got some Beach Boys originals like Little Saint Nick, and then they've got cultural classics like Blue Christmas and White Christmas and Frosty the Snowman. They've got all that kind of stuff. But then Inexplicably, in the middle of this album that is pretty much just your holiday Santa kind of songs, they sing We Three Kings. And they don't do all the verses, but they do the chorus a number of times. And if, you've, uh, if you're familiar with the song, you know the chorus. Star of wonder, star of light, star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. It's just beautiful the way the Beach Boys harmonize and uh, 
the way that they perform that song. So if you've not heard it before, maybe you want to go home and get on Spotify or whatever you use and listen to that. I love that this Christmas song was recorded and included on this otherwise not religious album because it's a reminder of how God can kind of break through in unexpected situations. And sometimes the path that leads us to Christ is not the most outwardly religious seeming one, but in fact, something a little bit unexpected, surprising, out of the ordinary. We're talking about the wise men this morning, and these wise men who came to find Jesus in Matthew's gospel, they weren't Jewish like Mary and Joseph would have been. They weren't um, like the shepherds. They were not an expected audience for Christ's arrival because, in fact, most scholars believe they had their own religion and their own political system and their own things going on far in the East. Um, You often hear them called magi, which can be translated as wise men or as astrologers, people who study the stars. And uh, they may very well, very well have been priests in the Zoroastrian tradition, which is a whole other uh, religion that was common in those days. They were, in the words of the New Testament, Gentiles or pagans or people who didn't have the rich Jewish tradition and history. And so without the rich tradition and history, people assumed, well, the, the Messiah may not be for you. And yet right at the beginning of Jesus' life, we break that, uh, that stereotype and we have these people from afar, foreigners, coming to be a part of this community worshiping Jesus. Right from the moment of his birth, Jesus is breaking down cultural and racial barriers. So this is an awesome moment in the gospel. Because if God was calling these foreigners to come and worship Jesus, who knows what the future might hold? People outside of the Jewish tradition were a part of this. What an awesome beginning to the king of kings. So these wise men, they're astrologers, they had seen an unusual star in the sky. And they know an unusual star because they've been studying the stars. And people in that time read the stars sort of like you and I might read a horoscope. It was kind of to find out what was coming and what was ahead and a little bit of predicting the future, but sometimes just understanding what was happening now by looking to the stars and reading them. And so the wise men see this strange star and they decide to follow it, which to me seems like kind of an unusual conclusion. Here's this weird star. Let's not stay and study it, but let's go to wherever it's leading. That seems a little bit unusual. In those days, stars or shooting stars, comets, anything that happened in the sky was an indicator of something important. Perhaps the birth of a new leader, perhaps political upheaval, but stars were significant, highly symbolic in those days. And so a shooting star wasn't just something beautiful to look at, it was something with deeper meaning. And so to follow a star was to discover a truth about what was happening in the world, even though to you and I, we may not think of it in that way. So the Magi were from Persia, which was an empire that stretched almost to the borders of what is now China and India. And some scholars believe they might have traveled upwards of 800 to 900 miles to get from wherever they were over to Bethlehem. Now, just to put that in perspective, Mary and Joseph also took a very long trek, and we talk about it as a journey and how hard it was and how long they traveled, and they traveled for about 80 miles. So the Magi were just going 
10 times as far as Mary and Joseph had to travel. This was a major undertaking, especially in those days when they didn't have paved roads and they didn't have communication and they didn't have hotels. and they, It was a whole thing. This strange star was appearing in the West. Everything about this was an unusual occurrence. People have made attempts to kind of match up the nativity star with things that might have been happening in the sky at that time and certain comets that might have passed the Earth and perhaps Jupiter and Saturn were in some kind of alignment and people have kind of looked back and tried to study these things. But the nativity star doesn't behave quite right. It doesn't behave quite like a normal star. So for one thing, the star moves and the wise men are able to follow it from wherever they are over to Bethlehem But oh, by the way, it stops while they pause in Jerusalem to talk with King Herod about what's going on. And he gives them this coy thing about, oh yeah, tell me where the king is. I want to go worship him too, which was not the case. And then the star continues moving and guides them all the way to Bethlehem and then stops over the place where Jesus lay. So that's kind of weird. And then for another thing, the rotation of the earth, stars should be moving from east to west, not from west to east, the way that the wise men were following. Westward leading is a phrase that you shouldn't find in a normal astrology study guide. Scholars of that that era would have known that stars don't move west. So this star is clearly an intentional inbreaking of the Holy Spirit. It's something unusual. It's something divine. It's something out of the ordinary to have this star guide these wise men. Now, that might seem kind of unusual, and we might wonder, well, what is going on with all that? But we believe that we can follow God today through the power and the urging of the Holy Spirit. We believe that God speaks to us through the words of people that we love, through nudges in our heart. We believe there's all kinds of ways that God might move us or cause us to move in a certain direction. So it's not that far-fetched to believe that these magi, too, were following a movement of the Holy Spirit, guiding them to find the Christ child. These wise men, these magi, they must have been seeking something, because why else would they choose to travel hundreds of miles into unknown parts of the world. It wasn't common then to travel. Uh, They must have been hoping for something, because why else would they be seeking a newborn king when they were part of a system that also had a king and also had a religion and also had things going on in it? The Magi must have been moved to take part in this expedition. I'd call it a pilgrimage to find what was at the end of this star path. In those days, people just didn't embark on major cross-country trips, let alone cross-continent trips, because of all the reasons that I've already mentioned. Certainly there were trade routes so people could get from one end to the other and carry spices and whatever else, but it wasn't convenient like it is today, and even today we have challenges in our travel. One of my cousins was delayed getting to our Christmas celebration last night because she was coming from Connecticut and her flight got delayed because of the snow, and so travel even now is challenging for us. Imagine how many delays there must have been for those wise men traveling many years ago. It seems really remarkable that they would choose to embark on this journey and also be able to end up at their destination. And then when they got there and they encountered Jesus to kneel and to offer him gifts, 
and to worship him. Something must have changed them on that journey. Something must have happened as they traveled hundreds of miles from one place to the next. People are often seeking something, like the wise men. We often are seeking something. And like the wise men, these quests may not initially appear to be spiritual. They saw a star. Sometimes for us, there's something in our life that we're going after, and it may not initially appear to be a spiritual goal. But often, God works through those things that don't initially appear to be spiritual. Whether you're following a star or following a goal for a job or a relationship or something else in your life. The wise men were focused on the star at first, not necessarily on Jesus. But by the time their journey was through, there they were, on their knees, presenting gifts to the Christ child. The star was a tool that God used to guide them on their journey and to take them from one place to the next. The star was the guide to get to Christ. We're sort of in a strange part of the year right now. We're in that weird window between Christmas and New Year's. And tomorrow is December 31st. Some of you are probably already thinking of 2019 and what that might hold. I'm excited to get out my daily calendar for 2019. It's got Doug the Pug on it. A little picture of a cute pug in a costume for every day of the year. I'm very excited. (laughs) So if you're like me, you already have one foot in the next year, even though we're still in 2018 for a few more hours now. But many of us like to think ahead and sort of plan out, well, what am I going to do in this new year with a fresh start? What will my life look like? Will I make changes? Will I do something different? I set a goal for myself last year in 2018 to read more books by authors of color, particularly women of color. I I think I did all right. It was a to-do list item, and I was busy, and I had a lot of other things going on, but I think I sort of accomplished my to-do list. Um, Maybe some of you had to-do lists or goals like that as well. But even more than adding to those to-do lists when we think about the new year, things we want to accomplish, things we want to do, it's a time to think about the type of person we might want to be in the new year, the type of person we aspire to be, that we want to grow into, how we want to grow closer to God in a new year with a fresh start. So last year, one of my friends, Hannah, picked a word to guide her through the year. She called it her star word. And the idea being, you choose a word that's going to guide you through the year, and then the, the word sort of shapes your perspective, shapes your direction, kind of calls you back and refocuses you as you journey through those 12 months. So my friend Hannah, what you need to know about her, she's a Methodist pastor in Ohio, And she's also an extreme skeptic. So she first heard about this star word idea, like some of you might be for the first time this morning, and she sort of thought, I don't know, that's kind of dopey. I don't know if I want to just pick one word for the entire year. And then she went to church, and people were talking about having a star word. And then she called her mom, and her mom said, you know what, I just heard about having a word for the year, and I just love this idea, and I think you should pick one too. And then her dad got on the phone without having heard what her mom had said and said, you know what, your mom and I are both picking out a word for the year and I'm just so excited and I think you should pick one out too. And by this point, my friend Hannah sort of thought, okay, well, perhaps God is trying to tell me something here. I think I should probably choose a word. And so she did. And Hannah's word for 2018 was adventure. 
And in the course of her year as a Methodist pastor, she got a new appointment, and she ended up moving cities, and she moved her whole life from a small town in Ohio to a suburban uh, growing community just outside of Cleveland. And so for her, the word adventure definitely was fitting. And I don't think any of those things happened to her because she chose the word adventure, but it's certainly a good word to refocus you in the midst of all these changes. So I think the word was pretty fitting. The idea of a star word is that it guides you, like the star guided the wise men. It provides a point for you to focus your vision and to move forward. And the word isn't the goal in and of itself. It's like the star. The star led to Christ. The word leads you in your growth and your development and in your relationship with God. That's kind of the idea of the word. It's a tool. It's a tool. So it's not a to-do list kind of word like organize or exercise, because that just gives you more boxes to check off on your list of things that you have to accomplish. It's more of a word that offers guidance, like bold or confidence or breathe, enough. Like the star, it's not the word itself that, the, that is the end game. It's that growth, that growth in your spiritual life, in your personal life, in your relationship with Christ. Have you ever chosen a word before like that? A couple of you? Yeah. I don't know what my word's going to be yet for 2019. I do intend to choose one. Uh, in my understanding, it's not really something that you just sit down and write, write it out, but instead you sort of let the word choose you through conversations that you have with people who are important to you, maybe praying over a list of words, uh, maybe just sort of sitting and being in a reflective spirit for, for a while. We often talk about New Year's resolutions at this time of year. How are you going to change starting on January 1st? And we come up with things like, I'm going to eat kale every single day. <laughs> or, I'm going to go to the gym four times a week. Or, I'm not going to eat any sugar for the rest of the year. Which, you know what? If you pick those resolutions and you stick with them, God bless you. Those are wonderful aspirations, and I hope that if you choose them, you stick with them. If you've already got those resolutions in place, I'm very proud of you as your pastor, and I encourage you on your goals. But a lot of people I've talked with recently, they don't want to do a resolution because when you do a resolution after a couple weeks you kind of fall off the bandwagon and then you feel bad and then you say well you know I thought I'd eat all the kale but now I'm just going to force myself to eat a bunch of kale in one day and it gets weird it gets weird when you fail, you fail on your New Year's resolutions uh, it takes a lot of time and a lot of energy and, and sometimes the goal itself becomes an idol rather than the, the end the end point and the journey that you're on to get there. So a star word is a little bit different than a resolution because there's no specific action required of you. It's more of a state of mind. It's more of like a mantra, a refocusing point, a prayer that you offer. It's simply a word that you want to act as your guide for the next year as you journey towards God, towards growth, towards deeper spirituality. So patience or create, connect, now, dream. You can take that word and you can write it somewhere where you'll see it every day. Maybe it's on a mirror in your bathroom. Maybe it's on the wallpaper of your phone or your computer. Maybe it's um, 
on a little piece of paper above your bedpost. I don't know where you're going to put your word, but it's just kind of to call you back and say, oh yeah, this was my, wor- this was my year of enough. This was my year of now. Something to act as a guide. Hopefully, like those wise men, the journey will change us a little bit. We may not be the same people that we were when we started the year. The word sets a direction for us, hopefully inspired by the Holy Spirit, so that at the end of our 2019 year, maybe we too, like the wise men, will kneel in front of the Christ child, ready to worship again at Christmas time, like we just did, in a fresh and new way. I hope you consider setting a word for the year. Maybe that's your thing, maybe it's not your thing. Um, If you're a New Year's resolution person, charge forward by all means. But if you're not a resolution person, maybe you are a star word person. Maybe, Maybe that could be a guiding force in your life for 2019. And if it's not a word, maybe it's something else for you, a song or a scripture verse. Something to set that stage for the journey ahead. Whether you choose a specific word or not, it's an invitation to journey with God. And I hope this year we do journey together. I hope we are changed. And I hope we are always guided closer to God's perfect light. Amen.